Today's episode is brought to you by Drift Outfitters in downtown Toronto, Ontario. Drift Outfitters is your source for all things fly fishing. From waders and boots to thread and feathers, Drift has it all. They're now open for in-store shopping, but with a COVID times twist. Along with mandatory masks, a few other things have changed. So check in on their website to find their latest updates and policies. Safety first, fly fishing second. Curbside pickup for your online or phone orders is still a great way to get all the gear you need, and they're still shipping across Canada for free on orders over 100 bucks. Visit driftoutfitters.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to another episode of So Fly. It is uh, July 7th, actually. We're recording this one. Um, my name is Mitch. We've got Aldo. Hello. We've got Yelma. Hello. And we're very excited to have a special guest on the show today. Um, someone joining us all the way from Tennessee, I believe. Uh, we've got uh, Susan Thrasher on the show. Susan, how's it going? Uh, doing great. Thank you. And you got it right. Just right outside on. of Nashville. Awesome. Wow. So super excited to have you on. Uh, we have Susan on today to talk about her uh, her new book, which is uh, Thrasher's Fly Fishing Guide. It's a book that aims to illustrate the fact that anybody can fly fish, uh, and it's not as necessarily as hard as it looks. Uh, but Susan, yeah, we're super excited to talk to you today, and uh, thanks for joining us all the way from Tennessee. How's the weather? Thanks for having me. Um, it's hot and sticky. I'm sitting outside with the fan going on, but uh, and it feels good under the fan, but it was a hot, <laughs> sticky day today. Oh, yeah. Right on. <laughs> And how's the fly fishing down there been? Like, is there is there much fly fishing? I've never been to Tennessee, so I can't I can't say. You know, this part, Middle Tennessee, isn't necessarily a fly fishing destination. Now, if you go farther east, it is. But um, here in Nashville, it's not necessarily a, a destination. But we do have some um, some great trout fishing uh, just on some of our tailwaters. Uh, they mm. aren't naturally uh, reproducing; they're all stocked fish. But we do have quite a few holdovers. And, um, and so far, the fishing has been good this year. So. Wicked. That's awesome. Wow. Nice. I mean, I've been in Nashville, but that was just mainly to eat barbecue. I never got to fish there. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, it's cool to know that there's some, some cold water fishing there as well. I, you guys oh, yeah. get, in, get into warm water species as well? Fishing oh, yes. Like yeah. I've been yeah. out uh, doing some smallmouth uh, fishing. Not nice. too, I guess, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, actually. So I go back and forth. That's wicked. Um, okay, so maybe like for everybody listening at home, Susan, why don't you just kick it off with a little bit about you and, and what you do and, and a little bit behind Southern Brookies and, and, and your book. Sure. Um, a little over 20 years ago, uh, I picked up a fly rod for the first time and absolutely fell in love with it. I think a lot of, like a lot of people become addicted. If you, if you really love it, you really love it and jump in, you know, with both feet. And that's exactly what I did. And I just wanted to learn everything there was to learn about it. So I went through, um, I had some guides that I went out with. I went through a casting school. I went through a guide school. Um, I mean, I got so hooked in, in it that I just wanted to start teaching it and guiding myself. But at the time, I had a full-time job as a civil engineer. And I didn't think I was at a position at that point where I could just drop everything in my career um, and, and just be a fly fishing guide. Although I know there's a lot of people listening that would like to do that. (laughs) But I decided, well, to put a little plan in place. So over the next, um, after I started really thinking about it for about 10 years, I just started, you know, I I purchased some property. I built a school. um, 
I just started, you know, I bought a drift boat. I just started kind of accumulating all the gear and things that I would need to actually do it full time. And I just figured the time would be right and I would know it. And five years ago, um, almost to the day, five years ago, I just decided, okay, time's right. So I turned in my notice and left my career and I haven't looked back. So that's, um, that's what I've been doing. I, I started the business while I was still working, though, um, called Southern Brookies. And I would just meet people out on the river. I really enjoy casting. So I wanted to show people how to cast and offered some classes and, and some schools for beginners and, and also was guiding. So I did a lot of that part time until I could you know, jump right in and do it full time. And so, yeah, that's what I've been doing over the last five years. And it's uh, it's been pretty amazing. Oh, <laughs> I know a lot of people wish they could quit their day job and do you know <laughs> focus in on their passion. And I was just fortunate enough to um, to be where I you know was in my career um, yeah. that I could actually uh, actually do that. So it's yeah, wicked. I highly awesome. recommend it. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're yeah. I've been thinking about that the last four months now. <laughs> I don't know when it's going to happen, but yeah. yeah. How can we turn this fly fishing thing into a full time <laughs> gig? Exactly. Well, what's what's behind the name Southern Brookies? Why, why Southern Brookies? Um, I, of all of the species, I love a brook trout. I mm-hmm. mean, I just think they're absolutely beautiful, you know, with the little white markings on their pants. They kind of look like French tip manicures, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the brook <laughs> trout. And then, you know, I'm really proud of my southern heritage. I was born in Mobile, Alabama, and I've been in the south, you know, for as long as I can remember. I moved out to the west coast for a little while, but I am definitely southern at heart. In fact, I spent a lot of time in... Um, New York in Manhattan, uh, where our engineering headquarters uh, was located. Mm. And I spent so much time there. I would ask some of the New Yorkers, do you think I'm starting to pick up the accent a little bit? And they're like, no, (laughs) (laughs) it's not happening. (laughs) uh, Anyway, so I figured, yeah, Southern, Southern girl, I'll just call it Southern Brookie. That's cool. That's how it happened. Right on. I could dig that. So go way back to like when you got in 20, 20 some years ago or 20 odd years ago. What was it that made you want to pick up a fly rod at all? Like, why did you why did you decide to get into fishing, fly fishing? Um, well, my dad's a retired pastor, and one of the fellows from the church, uh, Robert Shiver, uh, called my dad and said, "Hey, next time Susan's in town, if y'all want to try fly fishing, you know, I'm located right out here on the South Holston River, and I'll give you guys a quick lesson, and we'll just go out and fish for the day." So um, that's what we did. We got up early. We were there at like five in the morning. It was still dark. I had borrowed some waders from um, one of my coworkers, and he just showed us a real quick, you know, lesson in the yard. And I know I look terrible. In fact, my dad still brings that up about um, he kind of felt sorry for me because I was slapping the water. <laughs> and he said, you were trying so hard. And of course, as everybody knows, if you try too hard in fly fishing, it never works, right? Your task <laughs> isn't going to get out there. But somehow later that day, I caught a fish and I just remember the feeling, every little movement I could feel of, of the fish and um, and just, you know, stripping in that line and seeing it on the end. I just got so excited. And I, I, there was something about the, um, you know, something magical about it, you know, with uh, all the artificial, um, the flies that you use, there's no wormy, yucky mess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I really like that part. But um, it just seemed to... Um, there had to be a strategy, you know, it seemed like involved with it. And it was just difficult. Yeah, I loved the challenge of, you know, wanting to try to learn about the casting, about the flies, 
And I just thought if I do take this on, it's going to be a lifelong kind of a quest because you can never know it all. Some yeah. people think they know, they might know it all. Oh, yeah. And every now and then I wonder, yeah. okay, I think I might be there. And then I pick up something else. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know nothing about that. So <laughs> yeah. then it puts you right in another area that you have to study up on. Totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, Yoma's the newest one to the fly fishing world in yes. this group. And uh, I think he feels, I mean, we all feel that. Like, I, I, I've agreed 100%. There's always something out there that's like, oh, what's this now? We got, you know, Euro nymphing. Okay, that's the next thing I got to look into and figure out. Like, there's always something coming up that you got to teach yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, right here on the Caney Fork River, that's where I'm located. Um, it flows into the Cumberland River. And um, I think, Aldo, I believe you were saying that you had been in Nashville. So, the yep. Probably saw the river that ran right through town. Uh, that's the Cumberland. Well, when the water warms up a little bit and they aren't generating quite as much, a lot of times we get these huge striper. I mean, striper as long as my leg that will come up into the Caney Fork River. And uh -huh. it pretty much, you know, ruins the population of trout that we have. Here. Man, yeah. I mean, they're huge, <laughs> huge monsters. Wow. And so there's been times I've thought, you know, maybe I should really learn a lot more about uh, how to fish for stripers because <laughs> if the crowd is gone, at least I'll be able to get into the striper world. Yeah, but right. I haven't gotten into it just yet. I mean, because it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother realm of fishing, you know, a whole nother set of flies, you know, heavier equipment, um, you know, and just the strategy of, of yeah. where to find them. So that's a whole nother thing that I'm going to have to get into and learn, which makes it even that much more interesting, right? Yeah. Because you know, then you got all the extra striper gear that you've got. To buy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now. So, you know, then you're justified oh, in yeah. all the other shopping that you can do, right? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So where are the stripers coming yeah. from? Yeah. Because you said they uh, just up from, from the Cumberland and they they actually stock some uh, stripers around too. I don't okay. know necessarily if they're stocking in the Caney Fork. I don't think so. I think they're coming up from the Cumberland River um, and just coming up. I mean, they find the food and they just keep on coming. Yeah. And it's just they're like a vacuum cleaner <laughs> when <laughs> yeah. they come upstream. So. Jeez. Yeah, is it natural to that to the lake, you, to the river? Because you did mention that they're just gobbling up all the brookies. No, they, those, were, those were stocked. And yeah. our trout are stocked as well. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's crazy. Cool. My God. Biggest, like giant stripers in a river like that. Is it a big river or is it just kind of? No, it's really not. Uh, wow. You know, there may be, I don't know, a hundred feet or so across, maybe a little wider in some wow. part and, and really shallow water. <laughs> I mean, like you can look down in water that's maybe up to your knees, yeah. you know, maybe up to your hip and look down and see these gigantic fish just swim. Yeah. That's it's cool. pretty amazing that's to awesome. see them. Love it. Yeah. I, I, I caught my first uh, 15 inch brook trout. Yes, 15. I think it was 15. I would love to say 20. Mitch caught a 20 inch <laughs> did. Uh, yeah. la last week and it was incredible. I've never seen That's that. nice for a rookie. Oh, yeah. It was very, very exciting. We yeah. were very north. Very yes. north. <laughs> yeah. Where the yeah. big brookies live. It was almost like fishing char or something, but, but exactly. I mean, right there, that's a whole, you know, that's a whole lifetime of fishing right there. You could spend your whole life just fishing those brookies, you know, like. So I never know everything about it. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. very true. It's a very good point. I think when we were catching those larger ones last two weeks ago, you know, I think one of the first things Mitch commented on, which is same as you were, yeah, those opaque white fins. I mean, it's so unique. Yeah. yeah. Unique thing to see on a fish, you know, I, um, that's pretty cool. So cool. Pretty cool. 
Yeah. Okay. I think you I think you also can I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but see we have rainbows, browns, and brook trout mm. here in the river. And when um when I hook into a brookie, I don't know if it's maybe the different, more slender kind of torpedo shape of their body or what mm. it is, or just, you know, instinctively the way they fight. But when I hook a brookie, I know as I'm playing it before I even see it that it's a brook trout that's on the line. That's interesting. Yeah. And I don't know if that's if you've noticed that with any of the ones that you've caught, but yeah, I think that's kind of neat. Well, these ones, the ones we were catching last week, were hitting like steelhead. It was very weird. <laughs> <laughs> they were, oh wow! They were just like hammering flies. We were. It was very interesting way to fish brook trout because I mean these these were just very unique northern fish. But um, wow. yeah, the brook trout down here, like where we fish in southern Ontario, are are definitely smaller and. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I mean, there is something unique about them. I mean, beyond just how they look, they're, they are special fish, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think to, if, if, I, if I may, I mean, when, they, when we fish for the trichohatch in southern Ontario, which is a very s- small brook trout um, population, they, they hit quick, they, they're a quick fight, and they tend to thrash a little bit and they get excited. And I felt that was the same when we were up north and catching those 15 inches, 16, 17 inches. Yeah. They're hitting the same way as if they were the young ones that we catch on. Yes. On spunky. Oh, yeah, man. very spunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that trico hatch isn't far away, guys. I'm getting pretty excited about it. We're getting, we're sidetracking here, but geez, now I'm thinking about no, trichos. No, I love it. No, I want to go there and visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah come on up. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, going way back to the first time you went out or, or the, when you started fly fishing, do you remember what your first fish on the fly rod was? Did you mention that already? I know you talked about bass uh, and trout, but yeah, it was just a little rainbow trout. Okay. Um, if I recall at very small eight or nine inches, probably it may have been 10. Yeah. I doubt it. I mean, that's the fish story. Yeah. yeah. Let's say it's 12, <laughs> but it was <laughs> nice. I could dig that. I mean, what was that moment like? Was it like, because you mentioned it was so much work to get it, like you were thrashing away on the water at first and then, you know, struggling a little bit, but finally catching a trout. It must have been a pretty memorable moment. Well, you know, it's it's interesting, even though that was a long time ago, I still remember casting right up next to a bridge pier and just letting the current kind of sweep it in. And I didn't know, but it was almost like I was swinging a wet fly. You know, at the time I would have looked at you like you had three heads, like, what does that mean? (laughs) But it was, that's the, that was kind of the drift that I had going. And it was like right at the very end of the drift that, you know, when you swing wet flies, you feel that tug immediately at the end. And that's what happened. And I think that was the adrenaline rush is that I felt the take, you know, there was no doubt the fish was there. You know, I was doing everything possible to try to strip uh, the fish in to get it to me Mm because I was like, do I reel in? Do I strip in? You know, he didn't tell us that part of it. Mm -hmm. And once I finally got it in and had it there and looked at it, I think that's the that's the moment that I was like, oh, wow, that was amazing. I want to keep doing this. So, yeah. Yeah, getting in your hands and oh, that's great. I love that you remember your first fish. I mean, I, it's it's a, it is a special moment, you know, catching your first fish yeah. on a fly rod. So, what made you get into teaching then? So, fast forwarding, why teaching? What what was it about instructing that? Were you a teacher before that at all, or was it just kind of a nope, no? Uh, and I would I would have been surprised if you had ever told me that's what I was going to be doing with hmm. fly. Um, I just I remember being out on the caney, um, you know, after I'd gone through. Um, you know, a few years, maybe two or three years of fishing. And I was out on my own fishing a, um, a few times and a few weekends, you know, how like all fly fishermen do, um, Hey, are you having any luck today? What are you using? You know, why, 
why are you using that type of a strike indicator? Or, you know, wow, how are you getting that cast and that kind of drift? And it was really fun. I just found stopping and talking to all the different people that would ask me questions. And I got to where I was enjoying that, meeting up with people on the river as much as I was even fishing myself. And it occurred to me, maybe that's a little unusual <laughs> that, you know, if you, if you love actually showing and talking to people about it as much as you enjoy it yourself, maybe, you know, there's something there. And so I just got to thinking, uh, yeah, I could spend a whole day fishing virtually through someone else. And that's basically what guide uh, guiding is for me. I just yeah. got off of a guide trip today and I feel like I've been fishing all day long. Every time the kid, you know, would, would set the hook, you know, cause I was watching that indicator so closely and the dry fly so closely. And I could just anticipate when that fish was going to take either the, you know, the, the nymph or, or the dry fly. Yeah. And, you know, when you're watching it that closely, you, you really are fishing yourself, it's true. you know? So yeah. that's what it's like. <laughs> it's yeah, a it's day a of fishing point. without actually touching the rod. Yeah. It's a great point. hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I can imagine that's, I mean, like uh, some of the guides that we've fished with, they get pretty stoked when you get a fish, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> pretty happy, right? <laughs> they live for that. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's why they guide. Yeah. Absolutely. Whereabouts were you guiding today? Were you down on the, the local river there? Or? Um, I did not go on the Caney Fork today. I actually drove over real close to the little town of uh, Lynchburg, Tennessee, where they make the Jack, beverage. Jack Daniels. So there's a tailwater there called the Elk River, just yeah. down below um, Tim's Ford Lake. And um, right now the water's gotten a little bit warm on the Caney Fork. Unfortunately, with all of the rain that we had here in Nashville, they released so much of the cold, cold water that we stored up in the wintertime that it's not quite as cold and the fish are just a little lethargic uh, on the caney. Mm -hmm. And this was um, a grandfather that was bringing his 13-year-old grandson. Um, and he said, I really just want him to have a good day of fishing. And I said, well, do you mind the two-hour drive? Nope, we don't mind that at all. So <laughs> for me, it was about two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. But um, I got there. They were there 30 minutes early. They were awesome. so excited. No pressure, right? Yeah. You know, they just want to catch fish. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, I had gone the day before and um, kind of dialed in uh, what was happening. And he, uh, he did a really good job today. He caught fish all through the day. He probably had at least 20 in the boat and missed about that many. So there was a lot of action throughout the day. And honestly, when I left, um, I was as excited leaving as he was because <laughs> I wasn't sure how the day was going to go. And it turned out the fish cooperated, which yeah. is always nice. Oh, that is absolutely, yeah. A little bit of a relief, I guess, eh? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you never know. You never know how it's going to go. Um, so you also worked at, for a little while, up uh, up at Joan Wolf's school, right? Mm. Yes. Uh-huh. That's pretty I, awesome. I went up, uh, I went there for... Uh, a casting class. Um, in fact, the, one of the first mentors I ever had uh, that I met out on the Middle Provo River in Utah suggested that I should look up Lorianne Murphy yeah. and I should look up Joan Wolf. And I had no clue about either one of them because, you know, I just started fly fishing. And yeah, so right. even though they were well-known names, you know, in the industry, I just wasn't aware of them. But then when I looked them up, I realized what a significant, um, mm -hmm. you know, what significance they had in the industry. But I signed up for one of um, the Wolf's classes and, and went through that. 
and then immediately after that signed up and, and decided to go through the instructor school and um, it, which I really, really enjoyed. And I can tell you there's for me, there was nothing more nerve wracking than have to teach the roll cast in front of Joan Wolf and Floyd Frankie. Um, you know, critiquing every step of the way oh, what man. you're doing, you know, oh, whether well. you're doing it right or doing oh, it wrong. God, I can imagine. But um, but after that, um, as good fortune was have it, they uh, invited me to uh, to come back and be an intern the next year. Yeah, and nice. so I did that. And this would we had to cancel all the classes this year, but this would have been my 15th year actually teaching um, there. So I stayed on staff, and it, we're now like just a real tight knit little family. You know, nice. all of the instructors we because we've taught together so long and when we come together in the spring um it's really kind of nice to see each other because we really only see each other during that period of time while yeah. we're teaching oh that's so, cool that's a cool community yeah that's cool yeah so so how long are you teaching there then when if, if you were to normally teach like what is your teaching season versus go, going back yeah. to nashville i only i go there uh, two maybe three um weekends um, hmm. we, we start, um, we'll have classes in May and in April throughout the month of May and April. And, um, I'll, I'll just say, you know, I can do it, you know, these two weekends or these three weekends, and then I'll go and, um, and, and I'll teach some of the others that live a little bit closer. I'm probably the farthest away. Um, and so, you know, I can't go for the entire time, but just a few weekends, but the way the classes are scheduled. Um, we have our first session on Friday evening, and um, it runs for about three hours on Friday evening. Then it's a full day on Saturday and um, until 5 o'clock on Sunday um, for the trout school. And casting school is similar, but, um, I mean, we really put folks through the ringer. But they, they leave with a lot of great information yeah. under their belt. And um, Joan, you know, if she's in town, she always comes down to the school and um, sees everybody, signs their books. Um, cool. you know, helps around the pond. Everyone gets a little bit of time with Joan, you know, helping with the casting. Uh, she goes for, to each one of the ponds and gives a little bit of a talk, you know, during the time, joins everybody for lunch and the cocktail, you know, on Saturday night, which is really fun. Awesome. And so that's really, really neat. Um, and very special. I know for a lot of people that's most times that's one of the highlights, um, because she is such a, um, Yep. Such a force in the industry and uh, and such a legend, you yeah. know, as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. What are what are some of the like types of people that you get coming to those classes and those coming to the school? Oh, from from all over. I remember a guy coming in from Quebec um, that actually was uh, part of the Cirque du Soleil. Oh, wow. he was. Uh, and then we had people. We had people from uh, California, really all over the country. Yeah, um, a lot of people come in from um, New York City just because Manhattan's only, what, two and a half, maybe three hours, I think, away, not very far. A lot of folks have, you know, second homes around in that area. So a lot right. of people come in from the city, um, a lot from the Boston area. But there's quite a few that come from the West Coast. You know, it's not unusual to see Californians out there as well. Yeah, that's interesting, yeah. That's great. I mean, like, it's the, it's the Catskill region, right? The Catskills is where it's, where it's located. That's right, yeah. Such yeah. a beautiful yes. area that is, eh? Yes. Oh, it's gorgeous. And most folks, when they come, there's the, the Beaverkill Valley Inn is just across the street from where the school is. Okay. And it's on the Beaverkill um, River right there. And then there's quite a bit of other water around. But the Beaverkill up in that section is private. And 
So unless you're staying at the inn or you have written a pass, you know, where you can actually get on the water, you can't fish it. So most folks will stay at the inn and because they can just walk across the street and be there at the school and the food is delicious and it's just very, very quaint there anyway. And then, um, and they'll stay an extra day and be able to fish, you know, on the, on the waterway there. That's awesome. Very, very nice. Yeah. Do you have a favorite like piece of water up there that you, that you like to fish in the Catskills? Oh, let's see. Um, I really enjoyed fishing on the Delaware, um, and, and all around, you know, right there, the, the Willow Weemack is not too far, um, down from, uh, where the beaver kill is. That's over near the, uh, Catskill Museum, the fly fishing museum. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And, but typically, you know, we're as guides or as, um, as instructors, we are so tied up through the whole class. There's only one evening. That's a Saturday evening where we get a couple of passes and the the, uh, instructors typically, you know, are hoping that they're the ones selected to get the pass for the evening because it's only two or three people that can go. Mm, Right. And, um, but we get to fish that private water right there um, on the beaver hill. So, Oh yeah. man, that's nice. That's probably one of the favorites just because it's private and you can hardly get onto it. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, that's pretty special. That's one area that I'd love to see more of is the Catskills because like Aldo and I, we're from Ottawa, which is um, not far from, well, now we live in Toronto, which is four hours from Ottawa. But when we were growing up, we used to fish upstate because it's not far from upstate New York. So, yeah, right. you know, Wilmington and like Salmon River up in, um, you know, uh, Malone and great water. Like upstate New York is just such awesome fishing. I've always said oh. I got to get to the Catskills. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, Lake Placid area. What was uh, that like? What's What's it like being around Joan, like that yeah. piece of fly fishing history? Um, or do well, you get do you get much contact with with her? Or? Oh yes, yes. Because yeah. um, you know, as we, uh, when we when we're there, um, she is so um, generous to put us up. You know, so uh, the director mm. there now is Sheila Hassan, and so we're the two women in the in the group now. Um, we've had other women uh, in the group before um, Don was there, but. Anyway, we'll stay there at Jones, and I was the farthest um, having to fly fly in, so I couldn't usually leave on Sunday nights. I always had to leave on Mondays. So I got to stay an extra night, typically with Joan on Sundays, and her husband, Ted, um, and some of her other family, her son, Doug, and his wife, Vicki. It was just nice to be able to go out to dinner and just hang out. I mean, when I say it's like a family, I mean, that's really what they're like. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I first was there, it, it was interesting kind of walking around the house and, and just seeing these amazing books, you know, that, you know, belong to Lee Wolf and, you know, that were, were inscribed, you know, to Lee and, you know, to see, you know, just some of his, um, he was a hunter. So he has some things up on the wall, you know, that he shot and, um, you know, a lot of his flies and a lot of the things that she was actually giving to, um, uh, some the Catskill Museum, and then also to Yale, um, she had contributed a lot of his his writings and films mm-hmm. and works uh, there. So a lot of that stuff was out at the house um, that she was labeling and trying to get boxed up to ship off. So it was very interesting to be able to look around and see some of those things. Yeah, I bet. but then, uh, but then you know, um, now it's more like I mean they're just family. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> right on, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool. Well, it's, like it, yeah, it looks like a great school to check out. Um, how did you get then into the book? So the book, where's, how does that come in? What, what, what was the decision to write a book? 
Uh, well, I had never really um, had that in my mind that I was going to write a book ever. Um, in fact, I really didn't. I never have enjoyed writing. Um, but <laughs> I, I mean, seriously. <laughs> so I was uh, I was giving a talk at a Kentucky Northern Kentucky fly fishing group, yeah. and after the uh, presentation, this fellow walked up to me, Ron Ellis, and he said, um, "Have you ever thought about writing a book?" And I said, "Nope, never." And uh, he said, well, I really think you should. You have such a passion, you know, for it. And I can tell with some of your storytelling. He said, I really think you've got some good things that you could share. And I'm like, yeah, no, it'd take a lot of time. And I don't really like to write. And he said, well, I have a good friend that's a publisher that I'd like to introduce you to. He's um, he's set up at Roebling, um, Roebling Bookstore is the name. Mm. And he said, they're in Cincinnati. And he said he's got a quaint little uh, books bookstore and um, coffee shop, and they sell the best, amazing maple donuts. And I said, <laughs> okay, I could stay for the coffee and the donuts. <laughs> and honestly, that was like the main reason I went. I like quaint bookstores. I love coffee and donuts. And that was the reason. And nice. anyway, we got there, and, <laughs> and he was like, you know, the publisher was like, you know, Ron says he thinks she could write a book. You've got one in you. And... And I really didn't know how odd this was until later. I mean, people go looking for publishers, not the other way around. Yeah. And so he's talking to Richard. He's just so nice. And he was like, yeah, Ron says you got a book in you. I think, yeah, you probably, why don't you think about it? I'm like, there are so many books on fly fishing. I don't even know. What would I write about that would even be different, you know, that other people haven't already done? And he said, well, why don't you think about it? And then if you do think you've got something you know, that's special, let us know. We'd really love to work with you. Mm -hmm. So I'm driving back, um, back to Nashville from Cincinnati. And I was thinking, um, you know, what if there was anything in my life that was unique at all? And what came to me was um, with a friend of mine, we had started the Music City Fly Girls, which is a women's fly fishing group here in Nashville. Mm. And it was really going strong. We started with 15 members at the time. We were up to like 50 or 60 members, active, you know, people that would come out and we'd wow. go on trips together. That's awesome. And oh, that's um, cool. over the years, we had gone on so many different trips, um, you know, to either fish the middle Provo or up into the high Sierras or, um, I mean, we fished the Bow River in Canada, you know, nice. last year and the old man. I love, you know, fishing. That oh, the old man. So, nice. Isn't it great? So yeah. I, anyway, I got to thinking, well, maybe I could do an instructional book that actually was tied into a lot of the stories and things, you know, of me getting started and the things that I found kind of complicated or, you know, just some funny stories about things that I did um, getting started. And then how um, I went to the Wolf School and just kind of my natural progression and then starting the Fly Girls and then going through and talking about all our various trips and some of the, the things that um, we found challenging, things we did wrong on trips, things we did right. Yeah. Mm. And um, so I just kind of incorporated each one of the how-to chapters with a story of some sort. Because I feel like if you if you try to learn something um, by, uh, by listening to a story or having some kind of a memory aid, it tends to stick with you a little bit better. So that was the approach that I took. Um, and I really didn't want it to just be for women. I wanted it to be for, um, for men and women because the majority of people I teach, you know, are fellas. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want it just to be focused on women. 
And I also want it to be a book that even if you weren't a fly fisher, that you could pick up and at least enjoy the stories. Even if you could care less about what tippet yeah. or a sinking line was, you mm -hmm. could at least enjoy the trip to Miami to fish for peacock bass. You know? Yeah, that's, so, cool. that's a good way yeah. to add it. Yeah. So that was it. Man, it sounds like you got so there's so many cool stories you have fishing. You fished in so many interesting places. Yeah, and just, just yeah, the way you're yeah. telling us about this stuff makes me want to dive into your <laughs> more stories because you're a very good storyteller. It's a so, great yeah. approach to, to, yeah, like pair an interesting yeah. story to a technique or like teach people by, you know, applying like a memory or a thought to, an, like an entertaining thought to it. Yeah, awesome. right. Well, that. that was the idea. And um, my dad called me the other night and he said, I just finished the book. He read it cover to cover. And he said, I really liked it. And he's not, he's tried fly fishing a few times, but um, he loves fishing, but he's not a, a convert um, like me. But um, he said he really liked the book. He liked the stories. And of course, I have several things in there about him. So I yeah. think that was one of the reasons he liked it. That's awesome. <laughs> so. I love that. Is Great. he going to get into fly fishing now, you think? Is he going to make the transition after uh, the, you know, after when, the read? When he is here uh, visiting me out here at the river, my parents come out quite a bit. They're only four hours away. So nice. when they come mm -hmm. to visit, I get them in the drift boat. They really enjoy it. Um, my mom just enjoys the float. Uh, but my dad, he'll typically will pick up a fly rod and fish with me. And he's actually good. Um, I think it's just, um, I don't know. He doesn't get out enough to probably really, um, you know, get dive really deep into it so he just lets me help him out so. that's awesome i love that right now this is just a right. book writing question but did you find the process of writing the book difficult or did it just kind of flow out like the stories and things come to you or was it like a you know that these are such great questions um you know i thought that it was going to be because you know i've seen movies where people sit at their typewriter yeah. with like blank page like oh my gosh what am I going to write about and you know the way <laughs> yeah. that I did it <clears throat> the way that I did it I teach a lot of beginning classes and so I just started okay if I'm a beginner fly fisher you know what would I what do I need to know at the mm -hmm. beginning and so I, I made an outline of um, okay well you need you need gear you need to initially know how fly fishing is different from what I call worm dunking fishing yeah. so you got to know <laughs> what the differences are then you have to know, like people ask me questions, what are the must-have pieces of gear? I don't want to just dive in and spend tons of money, but what do I absolutely have to have? Yeah. So I have a chapter, you know, on that. But I went through and did an outline of, okay, I need, you know, something on, on the gear. I need something on waders. I need something on, you know, the different techniques and, you know, just detailing out, you know, the different sizes of tippet. And what's a 3X versus a 5X? And how do you know what size to use with what kind of flies? Yeah. And so it, then it just kind of progressively, you know, started to build and build and build um, until we got to, you know, different locations and how to read the water. And so then I just tried to fit the stories that, I mean, that popped into my mind, you know, like with, um, with the, the weights of lines. Um, when we went to Miami, we're all used to fishing for trout. And so I told everybody, oh, just bring your five and six weights. Well, when you're casting big clousers, yeah. you're ducking every time you cast <laughs> because it's going to hit you in the head. And I thought, well, that's perfect. I'll say, here's, you know, yeah. we should have had, you know, heavier weight lines, seven and eights, and we were using mm -hmm. five and sixes. Yeah. And here's the reason why. So um, when I started, when I went that approach and just started thinking about the various stories, um, once I had the outline, 
then it's kind of like you said, it just just blew right out. Yeah. And I didn't right. have any problems. And I w- honestly was very, very surprised. I never had any idea that it was going to happen that way. I thought, oh, I'm going to get halfway through. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to get really freaked and stressed out because the publisher is going to be like, it's due. Where is it? And yeah. I only have 12 chapters and I'm supposed to have a lot more. But it wasn't like that at all. Wow. It really wasn't. That's awesome. I was very fortunate. <laughs> well, Mitch, so, is a, Mitch is a writer too, so you're just giving him notes. He's collecting all <laughs> But I'm a, I'm a copywriter. I write like four words and I'm like exhausted. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, so, that's cool. So uh, how can people get the book? Where is, um, it, where is it? Where is it? How is it being? Can, uh, well, the easiest way is just to go on Amazon and right, just order right. it that way. But I know that they, the uh, publisher has gotten it out to like, you know, Walmart and Target, Barnes and Noble, Books awesome. a Million. And then, nice. you know, all the different fly shops that I, we have several fly shops here in town. There's Cumberland Transit. We have an Orvis in Nashville. Um, fly South is in Nashville. So we have some really nice uh, fly shops around. Uh, where you can get it if you're local, but I know you're in Canada, so you can't do that. A lot of different places, um, you know, just the the big box kind of places, but mainly, you know, ordering online. And I've tried to pick up any any cards from different fly shops. Um, I've picked up and, um, you know, give those to the publisher and they've contacted them. Most, most folks have bought them for the shops. Fair it's enough. just, you know, trying to reach out to all the different shops. Yeah. And, uh, there's a lot of them out there. There's a lot out <laughs> yeah. there. That's is there cool. is there a good i mean you just mentioned a couple of fly shops in nashville is there a healthy um community fly fishing community down in, in nashville? oh absolutely yeah. yes. i mean it sounds like there is i mean with the groups you've started and whatnot but yeah oh yeah yeah there's a um, middle tennessee fly fishers is a really great club um there have been a couple of chapters of trout unlimited mm-hmm. um and then um you know, and then once you go uh, closer to East Tennessee as well, you know, there's quite a few, um, few uh, fly fishing chapters and a lot of fly fishers. Uh, it, there's even, um, even though there's not a lot of cold water fishing around the Memphis area, which is more West Tennessee, there's a very active um, fly fishing club there, the uh, Mid-South Outfitters, or uh, fly fishers, and they have quite a large membership. And a lot of the fly fishers, even though, you know, we have some winter stout stocking programs here, yep. so you can definitely get out. But there's a lot that uh, travel and go to destination um, places. And, you know, some of the, like, Fly South caters um, to folks that travel and do a lot of saltwater-type fishing. And then, um, of course, you know, we have our Orvis um, shop that's in Green Hills and Cumberland Transit, which is a really great outfitter that has um, camping and hiking and biking, you know, type stuff as well. But they do have a small fly shop. So they all stay um, pretty um, pretty busy with the selling their fly fishing merchandise. So I would say it's very active, yes. That's cool. I, I just got to say Music City Fly Girls is such a cool yeah. name for a club. You like that one? <laughs> I love that <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's Super great. Super cool. How was, yeah. how was the reception with, like, that club? Like, how did that whole thing start up? Um, I had gone with a, on a guided trip with a friend, uh, Nikki Mitchell, who has passed away, um, sadly. But, um, uh, and she would absolutely love the fact that, that it's just like off the charts and so successful. We started the club in 2007 and we were on a guided trip and both of us were saying, you know, we enjoy the co-ed clubs, but wouldn't it be fun to have a women's club because we could travel 
and you know you could have four to a room because you know the women wouldn't mind you know bunking up together and so that's kind of how it started and we just wanted to be able to go on trips together and have some um, inexpensive experiences and we try to go on at least one big trip every year Um, this year like I said we're going to we've already been to Kentucky um, and fished uh, um, fish down below Wolf Creek Dam so we've already been there this year and then we're going to Wyoming uh, for a week in August to fish the Shoshone and fish in Yellowstone Uh, so that's a week-long trip that's planned in August and then we uh, are fishing in East Tennessee on the South Holson we have a long weekend plan there and then on the White River in Arkansas and nice. so we try to get together, and um, the, we've got 36 that are going wow. um, when we go oh. out to uh, uh, Wyoming. And, you know, the river's right there. Then people can go into Yellowstone if they want. So it's just it's a big family. You know, we all love being together and traveling awesome. together. We had 21 that went on the Bow River. It was interesting to see at our oh. hotel to see seven eight drift boats come up and you know around the corner there at the hotel all lined up waiting to pick us up i love that's a good scene i like that pretty it was pretty fun yeah we really had a good time that's a lot of traveling that's great and a lot of people doing it that's oh yeah that's pretty awesome Oh, it's wicked. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We were supposed to be down in Montana in August. We could have met up maybe for a, had driven a little bit and met up for a coffee and a donut, but we can't get through the border. <laughs> so we're fishing, uh, stuck in Ontario. <laughs> but that's okay. A, another year. Another year. I definitely like to come back. I would go back and fish the old man because I love Euro nymphing. I mean, that's one of those things I really, really have gotten into. And mm-hmm. as I really thought the Bow River was absolutely beautiful, but if I could go back anywhere, it would be, uh, I, Fished on the the Livingstone, actually the tributary to the mm-hmm. Olympia, and I loved it. And yeah. I would go back there in a heartbeat for those cutties and um, yeah. and using the year. I, I fished it using my Euro rod and, and loved it every second yeah. of it. So. Crows, the crow's nest too is is if you get to do the crow's oh, nest. Right? Both the old man and the crow's nest are close to each other. And then if you get high enough, the bow gets smaller, and you might like yeah. it more. The bow's huge. <laughs> Yeah, it was huge. It's hard to. Uh, it is. Yeah, I remember when I got there for the first time. I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I can DIY this as much as I thought I could. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> as much as I thought I could. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't talk about whether um, the Music City Fly Girls, which I also love the name, um, but I, I love it for different reasons. Because um, quickly, I, I watched. Uh, I used to watch this show called uh, "In Living Color," and that was a very popular show. In the states, and we loved yeah. it. And they had every segment they would have the fly girls come out. But that's why I love the name. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I digress. But did that lead to uh, casting? We work with casting for recovery. Oh, casting for recovery, yeah. Oh yes, absolutely, it did. So at our very first meeting, we we decided we would set like, okay, what are the goals for this club? And mm. number one, we wanted to um, we wanted. Uh, a community that if somebody wanted to go fishing and they didn't feel going on their fishing on their own comfortable that they had somebody that could pick up the phone and call so we wanted like you know ready-made fishing partners but we also said we'd like to do something to give back to the community in some way and at the time um, we didn't know this but that following year Trout Unlimited decided they would like to get involved with casting for recovery but it was mostly men and Trout Unlimited. And so they asked us if we would be interested in, you know, taking a look at what they were doing and maybe helping out. And we we're like, this is ready made for us. And so we jumped right in 
and we at, at first we helped with Trout Unlimited and are some of the guys from there. And then, you know, because the, the retreats, except for the Sunday where, you know, guys come in, you know, for as guides, um, it's all women, you know, for the, the Friday and the Saturday. And then Sunday is kind of like the grand finale when you go out on the river with your own guide. And, um, and that's when the guys come out. But um, anyway, we just basically, um, at their request, we just took over the whole thing. And so this would have been our 12th year. Um, our 12th retreat actually. And, um, but it was this year, all the casting for recovery retreats had to be canceled. Mm. But, um, but the women that were selected for our retreat this year are immediately, I mean, they're just going to roll over and they'll be selected for next year. But that was a great question. Yes. Uh, that's mm -hmm. been one of the things probably in my entire fly fishing career that I'm most proud of is, um, is the work with casting for recovery. It's, it's been amazing, and any fly girl will tell you that that is uh, we probably get as much, if not more, out of it than, than the participants themselves. And quite a few of the participants are from the Middle Tennessee area, immediate Middle Tennessee area, hmm. and have joined the fly girls. I mean, some of oh, our most great. faithful members came from Casting for Recovery and now are fly girls and go on the trips. And we probably have, I think, four participants that are going to Wyoming. Uh, maybe five wow. actually that are going to Wyoming with us. So very active. They they've loved it. Right, that's, that's great. great. Amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's such a cool thing to take on um, uh, yeah. yourself. It's a, it seems like a huge kind of endeavor too, because like you're saying, it's 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 pretty popular, eh? Like I mean, fly fishing is obviously huge down there, but just to have that kind of response, even even with something like that's it's amazing. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah it really awesome. is. Yeah. Um, okay. So every show we do, we do this segment called Mitchie's Fishies Five. Um, I know it's a stupid name, but we <laughs> we came up with it like a long time ago, and it's stuck. Um, so we basically, came up with it in my living room. Yeah, we did. That's right. <laughs> what it is is uh, it's the same five questions we ask every single guest. They're kind of just more broad questions about fly fishing and and um, and your fly fishing life. Um, but yeah, take your time to answer them. There's no rush. Um, okay. So we'll we'll get right into it. The first one is, what is your favorite fish and why? Uh, well, my favorite fish is the brook trout. Um, mainly it's just how beautiful they are yeah. and how mm. colored up. I love them too in the fall when they just get extra bright red and orange and just the spots on them. I mean, they truly just look like little gems that are hand painted. It doesn't matter how small they are. Yeah. Now I would like to go to Labrador and catch some really big yes. ones. That's <laughs> kind of a dream trip for me. Totally. Mm. Um, but, uh, and that might be one of your questions, so I won't keep going on that. <laughs> it actually is. It's the next question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Labrador. Is just... So so the next question is, if you could fish anywhere in the world right now, um, assuming it's like the best time of year to go there, where would you go and why would you go there? It would be Labrador. Nice. <laughs> uh, one of my, one of the wolf school instructors, oh, sadly, he passed away this year, Dave mm. Brandt. He loved Labrador and he, um, he went a number of times and showed me some pictures and just couldn't get enough of going there. And, um, and that was a big um, area for Lee Wolf as well. And I've heard wonderful stories just about the area and the brook trout. And so hands down, it would be Labrador. Yes. Yeah. I think did Lee, there was like a, was it Lee Wolf that there was like, there's a, maybe one of the first fly fishing films ever made where he went to Labrador and like a full yes. plane. It was just like him and a videographer yes. and, and they shot it all. And like, it looked like 
I don't know, 35 or eight millimeter or whatever. And that's cool. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and they, they were just catching the craziest brook trout. Oh yeah. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> you can still get the DVD of some of that footage as well. It's out there. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, wow. I haven't seen that. I need to check that out. Yeah. Serious. Throwback. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that it was, uh, yeah, it's, I think, I don't know when he would have done that trip, the seventies, the eighties or something. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, probably late sixties maybe because oh, he, wow. he actually had a float plane. He was a pilot, you know, and flew in. So yeah. Mm, yeah. That's pretty cool footage. Pretty cool. footage. Yeah. 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 That's a one heck of a trip. hundred percent with you on that one. That is uh, definitely something that's got to happen. Um, so number three, and this one is uh, a little more, even more broad, but it's what is your best or favorite fishing memory from over the years? And it sounds like you've got quite a few. So no rush. Take your time. Um, Okay, I'll tell you one that yep. this one doesn't have a whole lot to do with me, but <laughs> maybe a little bit. I was actually fishing. Um, I was telling this story to somebody the other night, and I said, you know, this I think is probably one of my favorite memories of all yeah. time. Oh, no way. Um, so I was um, stayed over for the weekend, or, you know, I was uh, there at the Wolf School. And before I left, that particular night, I had to be at work uh, at that um airport very early in the morning so i was just going to go ahead and, and drive um and to binghamton new york and stay uh, in a hotel yeah. and so before i left the school jones said you know ted and i are thinking about maybe driving to the delaware and fishing for a little while tonight um would you like to go and i'm like yeah that sounds great i said i don't have any equipment and i don't have any waders or anything and she goes ah, i'll let you borrow one of my favorite rods and so um, I'm like, okay, this is pretty nice. I get to use one of Joan's favorite rods. How yeah. neat is that? And so I had the waders. So anyway, we got into the water and Joan and Ted stayed down closer to where we put in. And I marched on upstream and I passed this fellow. Um, I said hello to him. We chatted for just a minute. And he said, ah, you don't, he, he told me he was from New Jersey. And um, he said, you don't sound like you're from around here. And I was wondering, well, I wonder what gave that away. <laughs> and, uh, he said, I said, yeah, I'm from Nashville. He goes, what in the world are you doing on the Delaware? And I said, well, I was teaching this past weekend. He goes, well, what were you teaching? Yeah. Fly fishing. Where? And I said, oh, in the Catskills. And he goes, not the wolf school. And I said, yep, at the wolf school. And he goes, who are you fishing with tonight? And I said, oh, I'm fishing with Joan and her husband. And he goes, oh, not Joan Wolf. And I said, yes, Joan's <laughs> down there. And he goes, oh, I've always wanted to meet Joan Wolf. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to fish up here for a minute. And on the way back, I'll, I'll grab you and I'll take you down and introduce you. Oh, wow. So I went upstream, didn't have any luck. He wasn't having any luck. We got back down to where Joan was. And, um, I said, Joan, let me introduce you to my new friend from New Jersey. And so they, you know, had some pleasantries, you know, talking a little bit. Yeah. And then we were getting ready to leave. And um, and we all said, well, it was a bummer of a night. We didn't catch anything. But as we walked away, um, the fella yelled at me, he goes, Susan, look. And his rod was just bent double. And he had this huge brown trout on Man. the line. So we watched him. You know, we let it run. And he played it in. He let it run. And he pulled it in. And then finally he landed it. And we all three, Joan was like, bravo. Oh, so it was wonderful. Oh, man. So, so anyway, it was so exciting for him. Yeah. But I got back to Nashville the next morning, opened up my computer. And um, somehow I didn't even tell him my last name. Mm -hmm. But um, he found me on the Internet and he emailed me and just said he wanted to thank me. He said that was one of the best 
nights of his life that he got to meet Joan Wolf and he got to catch a trout in front of her and that she said, bravo. So (laughs) I told Joan, I said, you know, you just never know the impact that you're going to have on people just by stopping and, and chatting and being friendly and, you know, we need more of that right now, right? Totally, yeah. <laughs> more now than ever, yeah. But anyway, that was a good feel-good story, I guess. So one of my favorites. That's a crazy That's a story. story. <laughs> That's yeah. an awesome story. <laughs> yeah, man, that guy must have been so excited. Oh, my God. Imagine. Oh, and, oh, and it gets better. Let me tell you yeah. this one last piece of that. Hey, we won the lottery. That about <laughs> two weeks ago. So this was, I bet you this was 10 years ago that yeah. happened. And... I opened up my email not too long ago and I had an email from, or um, a message, a Facebook message. And this guy said, I don't know if you remember me, but I met you on the Delaware and I just saw that you have a book out. And, uh, nice. and I said, remember you, you're one of my favorite all time stories. <laughs> so awesome. anyway, he found me out, out of the blue after all this time. Oh, that's so, amazing. Anyway, I just thought that was very neat. Yeah. That's, that's a great neat. story. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. yeah awesome story. Yeah, that's the best fishing memory for sure. Um, okay, so number four is why do you fly fish? What do you get out of fly fishing? Why do you like fly fishing? Um, I think it's the challenge of it. Um, you know, it's it really isn't easy. Uh, you can go out and uh, sometimes you can get skunked. It doesn't matter how good you are. You can get skunked, which makes you want to go back and just figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the challenge of it. Um, it's also requires some intense focus. If you really are into it, mm-hmm. you're so completely focused that any other worry or care or stress or whatever that you have, it just kind of vanishes. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of it too. And like we talked about before, the lifelong learning aspect, it's, mm. I mean, you're just continually growing, you know, in what your knowledge and it's like, uh, it's endless, you know, like I was saying, I don't know much about stripers and, you know, um, there's just so many things that, um, that I would still like to learn about it. And honestly, I don't think I'll ever get to the point where I feel like I'm a, um, I'm a master or I, where I can know a little bit about everything, yeah. but I would like to get there. So yeah. those are the reasons. I love it. Yeah. It's a great point. Yeah, it's great. I love the, the endless learning is such a good way of looking at it for sure. Number five, and the last of Mitchie's Fishies five, is what fly pattern best represents you and why? So if you were a fly, what would you be? Um, well, let's see. A squirmy worm would probably be a cute ant, but that's not <laughs> yet. That's awesome. <laughs> squirmy. Yes. <laughs> oh, you made all the very happy. Yeah, I'm like, um, love that Love that fly. <laughs> I have a little fly that I tie. It's called the magic midge. Yeah. And um, I think um, maybe it's that one. Um, there's not there's not a whole lot to it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's nothing but just a size 14 hook and some black thread tied really, really skinny. Yeah. That's in my mind. I'm not really, really skinny. but <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and a nice uh, big tungsten bead. Yep. And it's just, um, there's hardly anything to it, but I think that there's a lot of magic in it because it just always seems to work. So I like to think, um, maybe I have, maybe I have some joy or something in me that I would like to think, um, 
is uh, that pours out when I talk to folks. So maybe just like the magic in the fly. Oh, so that's what I'll compare myself to. Oh, I like that answer. That's an amazing answer. The magic midge. Magic yeah. midge. Oh, that's so cool. That's it. I love that. <laughs> we have to get a picture of that fly from you because that's uh, that's cool. I'd love to see what that fly looks like sometime. All right, I'll send it to you. Yeah, Absolutely. send us a send us an email with a photo of that. That'd be for awesome. Sure. And a bunch yeah. of photos of yourself as well. Yeah. 100%. Okay. I'll do it with yeah. my big fish exactly yeah exactly exactly Exactly. (laughs) well that's it for mitchy's fishies five and that's that's it for the show susan like thanks again so much for coming on it was it was amazing talking to you about you know uh, an an hour evaporated yeah 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 (laughs) is it been an hour yeah Yeah. y'all were wonderful you each had some great questions and i feel like i've been sitting right there in the living room with all of you guys oh that's so nice thanks (laughs) thank you well we'll have to we'll have to meet up one day and and hit the river because that sounds like it'd be a, a very fun time. Maybe we'll maybe we'll catch that. Catskills. Yeah, c- catching the Catskills yes. or something like that. Yeah. Something. Oh, for sure. And although, do not come back for barbecue in Nashville without looking me up. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'll definitely. Yeah, I'll have to. We'll have a hot chicken sandwich. And there you go. If I can sidebar about the hot chicken sandwich, I. Yeah, that really is that <laughs> life changing. Yeah. No, it's just that it's just that spicy. I was like. I ordered one. I can't remember the bar I was at, but I ordered one at the bar and the guy's like, Oh, you want a mild medium or hot or something? And I was like, Oh, I'll have it hot. And the guy ne- next to me, he's like, he's oh, like no, you don't. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'll get the medium. And even then I think I went to a different dimension, but the food <laughs> in Nashville is awesome. I'm sure the fishing's great. And yeah, Susan, thanks for having, for coming on the show and reaching yes. out. And um, I guess I would ask you one last thing, which is shameless plug time. How can people find you? How can people find your book? How can people join your groups? How can people book you as an instructor? Go. Yes. <laughs> um, just look up. If you Google Southern Brookies, I doubt you'll find anything else but that. And um, my website is Southern Brookies. My Instagram is Southern Brookies. My Facebook is Southern Brookies. Um, that's the best thing. And I've got links to everything that I've talked about from, you know, the Music City Fly Girls and the Wolf School, all of that. Um, or just get on there and contact me and ask whatever questions you need. Boom. There you go. That's it. Amazing. There you go. Great. Concise. Well, thank yes. you so much, yes. Susan. It was a joy. Uh, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. You guys. Absolutely. Have a great Absolutely. night too. Our pleasure. Okay. Okay. Good night. Take care. See ya. See ya. Oh, that was Susan. That was a great show. It was awesome, man. She's super cool. That was awesome. I she's love, amazing, man. I love, I love all, the energy. Yeah. The energy and the initiative of everything she's done yeah. over the years to, to just make fly fishing a bigger part of her life. Cause she, so passionate about it. It's great. Yeah. And I mean, if it's even half as hot as it is here oh and she God. just finished a guiding day and then have that much energy to I do know. that. Exactly. That's a good point, actually. Jeez. I mean, like all day rowing in the sun and then come in and talk to us. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I hope I have that much energy. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you will. Don't worry, man. I'm giving you her definitely fo- will. <laughs> I'm giving her a follow on Instagram right now. Southern Brookies. There we go. Boom. Yeah. She's great. Great yeah. energy. She's like, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I just. Well, you know, fantastic. it's cool to hear about, you know, the more we do the show, like all the different fly fishing that exists in different parts of North America, even like the States and stuff. Cause like, I don't know anything about fly fishing, Tennessee really, or, you know, like the, these yeah. places mm-hmm. that she's gone. It's like, it's cool to hear about, like she said, Lynchburg, Tennessee, she did a guiding day today near there, which is so cool. Cause we work on Jack Daniels at, at our day jobs. And I hear about Lynchburg all the time. I didn't, I never think about like, oh yeah, there's people guiding fly fishing over there. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when I got to, I drove to Nashville yeah. and then drove across Tennessee to Memphis. It just never crossed my mind that you would find, I don't know, it's just like kind of flat and kind of like Indiana, you know, like yeah. 
in a way. And I was like, it was the last place I would have thought that a trout would be, but it's cool to know that there's so many trout. There's a trout club. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, music city fly still. girls, man. I love that name. It's yeah, a cool, cool name. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And that they travel like a huge group that travels all over. That's, that's awesome, man. That's a good club. Oh, yeah. I wonder if like, we could ever find 36 people to go on a trip with. Imagine. I know. We don't know 36 people, man. That's what I'm saying. I only know <laughs> you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like 36 people. How, like what a scene that would be. It'd be so cool. Like having, like she's like Susan said, having an armada. Yeah. A fleet of drift boats show up at the hotel to pick you so, up. How cool, so cool is that? That would be such a cool scene. Seeing them all roll in, everybody getting into the trucks, and, and the drift boat guides were probably like, "This is so cool. We're like a con, <laughs> like a convoy of convoy yeah. of drift boats." Yeah. <laughs> that would have been yeah. fun. That was great. That well, also for everybody at home listening, just we're, we're, we'll put the links to where you can check out Susan's book and her stuff in the show notes. So go to go to our SoundCloud and click the info there, and you'll see all the links there. Um, yeah. pick up the book. Definitely hundred percent. Give it a read because, uh, oh. Susan's full of amazing stories. Yeah. And to the point of lifelong learning, I mean, I don't think you can have too many, yeah. um, beginning how to like beginner fly fishing books because you know, mm-hmm. stuff changes all the time. Yeah, exactly. You and know? then, and also, there are those timeless books for sure, but, yeah. but, um, uh, and they're awesome to read, but you know, it's cool to have updated info. Yeah. And I love the way she's done it because it is like, it is the story sprinkled in like it's just, and it's in her voice. I mean, it makes it totally, it's not like, you know, it's, it's, if you think it's like, Oh, here's how to fly fish. It's not necessarily that. Right. Because she sprinkled in all the, all these great stories and yeah, mm-hmm. definitely worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, when are you uh, fishing next? What's going on? No, uh, well, next weekend. Whoa. Uh, bass whoa, opener, whoa, pro, pro, whoa. postponed bass opener for us. Cause usually yeah. we go out June, like 23rd which is bass opener in this area mm-hmm. um the third saturday in june um and then it's the fourth, Sorry, fourth which slide. we found fourth is the southern ontario um and so instead because we were in estagami you guys are coming here <laughs> next weekend <laughs> and we're gonna go fishing for bass <laughs> and also <laughs> we should go fish the islands and stuff too because we didn't really also, do that much last time and also yeah. <laughs> we didn't do the, the islands we caught a couple largemouth on the island but we didn't we didn't um we we like way back, we you and I fished the island, but like, I don't think we did last summer. We just went to the pond last summer, right? No, we no, went no. to no. We, we went to the island. Oh, did we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we went to one island very one quickly island. before we left. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I think uh, on the day we were leaving. Okay, yeah, correct. Next, we'll, well, we should spend like we should spend some time fishing, fishing around the island. Like, yeah, yeah. Also, what we have to do is we tied up all those flies, blindfolded, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and we got to see if they'll catch something. Heck oh, yeah. Man. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've got the box and everything. And 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 um our our buddy Aaron Reed down in Texas sent us all those Yes. Um those bass. Well, they're carp flies, but there's no way they won't work. One hundred percent. So we gotta we gotta oh take those those there's flies some... out for a spin. For our spin. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Well it's gonna be great. Yeah, so we're gonna go up to Buckshot. Maybe I'll I might <laughs> maybe be able to fish uh, before then, but probably not. Yeah. And we'll go up to uh, uh Go to Buckshot. Have a great time. Yeah, man, we're gonna have some. Jesus Christ, bitch! <laughs> I have a fly in my mouth. Sorry, everybody. I have a bass fly because I'm, I'm I'm here right now. I'm living in the woods, so I'm like just got. Flies Mitch, have everywhere. you fished? Yeah, I fished the other day. Actually, yes, I went. I did fish the other day. I went out and? with um. Well, I went out with my brother and we fished uh the bass lake that we we love to fish and yeah, caught a bunch of bass and out in the float tubes. Out in the float tubes, bobbing around. Nice. Beautiful day. Nice. Um, caught nice. a real really big 
red ear sunfish too. It was huge. The colors were amazing on it. It was a big, it was like one of the biggest sunfish I think I've ever caught. I was like, Jesus. Oh, that's great. It's fighting about like a bass. Yeah. Cause it's like a very warm water pond there and it's, but it's nice. Mm. It's, that's what we'll fish. I think maybe what we'll do next weekend is maybe we'll fish the pond in the morning, go back for lunch around like, you know, one or something like that. And then mm. take our waders off. Cause it's gonna be a billion degrees and then go to the Island and just fish an Island and then maybe go fish another Island. And, you know what I mean? Like Probably. get out and wade and cast kind of thing. I don't know if I'm going to wear my waders if it's going to be this hot. I know, man. I, yeah, I don't think thing. I'm just wet wade. I know last year was was a bit a bit cooler. I mean, it was still pretty hot, but the water cooked. was the water was cool. We're going to get cooked so, in the uh, for sure. But the pond is like very pond, right? Like you're in mud sometimes, so it's kind of gross. What if we uh, wet wade? I might wet wade with my my wading boots and my socks, just like if I'm not. You could. Well, you put your, yeah, you got to put your flippers on. That's the problem Flip is, us. yeah, you got to have your feet in the water oh, the yeah. whole time, so it's kind of it's just like a really muddy. I don't know. I don't want to sound too precious or anything like that, but like, you're worried about leeches. I'm it's a fine. little worried about leeches. All right. <laughs> so there, I said it. You're worried about leeches. And also, um, you gotta walk. You gotta like really kick through. Like, I don't know. Oh good, no, I know. I remember. Yeah, like hundred over a hundred feet of just like silt to get through into the where it opens into the pond. That's um, true. And then it's nice. Then you can wet wait, no problem. But it's the mud that's kind of gross. But hey, you do it. You go first. You tell me if it was okay, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah. Also, you're gonna bring that that crazy. I bring the- thing yeah, like, cross. yeah that like uh, hear me the, Dor- the dorito raft yeah yeah i might I'm use it. it i might use it i might just use it well yeah, yeah. i mean hey if it has a seat it might not be so bad does it have, bring the paddle, paddle does it have a seat oh we should definitely bring the paddleboard you got all those bringing up a couple bow lake paddle boards which are sick they're like oh my beautiful. god this is amazing yeah we're mm-hmm. gonna take yeah we're gonna take pictures of you driving your paddleboard around yama yeah we'll have some We'll have some paddle fantastic. boards to play around with. That's gonna be so this is fun. Great. Can't wait this to. Hey, this is this is huge. We have like okay, so we have water is calling. The water, water is calling. calling. We have uh, float tubes. We have eye cross. We've got, paddle we've got boards, toys canoes. up the yin yang. I got a John We literally boat. have a. We literally have like a yeah. Fle- we have a fleet. We have a fleet. We have a fleet. It's a we have a know, fleet of inflatables. Yeah, you've got your you've got your water master. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna bring the water master. And then I've got Ooh. a bunch of pool floaties that we could fish from. <laughs> can you guys hear me? It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, of course we can hear you. Yeah. Oh, okay. What's going on? Why? No, because I, I just said that, and then you just. You said pool floaties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're definitely gonna go and hit the water. It's gonna be fun. Next week's gonna be good, and then yeah, we'll fish around some islands too, and just just have a good time. Have a little campfire. Drink some. Yeah, be great. Drink some scotch. Drink some wine. Yeah. And hang out. Um, well, that was a great show, guys. Everybody at home, thanks for listening. And um, yeah, take care. We'll, again, we'll put the links to everything for Susan in the show notes. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. That's it for me, Mitch Aldo. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening. And thanks, Susan. That was that was fun. That was a that was a that was a. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> a great okay, show. Let's try the... <laughs> you pulled the Yoma. Oh, no. <laughs> my brain broke. That's okay. Uh... Okay, thanks for good. listening. Thanks, Susan. It was an awesome show. Yelma? Uh, thanks, everyone. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys are like, Ty, what's going on here? It's, I guess it's 840. This, this heat, this heat this is heat. frying our brains. Well, everybody at home, thanks for listening. Susan, again, thank you so much for coming on. Check out our book, and uh, hopefully everybody can get on the water, and um, take care. You can find all of SoFly's content at SoFly.ca. On Instagram, we're at the SoFly Crew. You can reach us at thesoflycrew at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or concerns. On Facebook, we're SoFly, and our podcast is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify.